passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. another episode of the believe in minnesota football podcast hosted by the starting kicker of your golden gophers matthew trickett and me tony liebert um for this week's episode we are going to recap minnesota's impressive 49 to 7 win over colorado in week three and we'll we'll preview um the big 10 opening game in week four uh in east lansing against the michigan state spartans um, so, yeah, I guess we'll start with the impressive win against Colorado on Saturday, 49-7. Um, another dominating performance, really, in all facets of the game. Um, I, I think one of the biggest uh, biggest talking points from the game was Muhammad Ibrahim's start to the game and really his finish to the game. One of his more complete performances in a Gophers uniform 23 carries, 202 yards, three touchdowns, fourth 200-yard game of his career, which is now the most in Gophers history, 12th straight game with 100-plus yards. And I guess from my point of view, it kind of looked right on his first run of the game. I think he just ran over a Colorado defender um, kind of in the, the secondary, and it just kind of looked like he, was, he came to play uh, right on the first run. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, that's kind of who he is. That's testament to all his hard work and all the running backs' hard work. But, yeah, that he's always hungry and looking for more. Yeah. Um. So we, we've kind of talked about him um all week. It, it seems like he's a talking point after every game uh, based on kind of how he started the season. Um. I, I think he's honestly, with a game like this, I think he – he really puts himself honestly into like the national Heisman conversation, in my opinion. But uh, I, I know that's probably something he's not looking at and really no one on your team's looking at. But it's always uh, I, I think this next game against Michigan State, when you guys are kind of more on a national scale, it's going to be kind of a big moment for him to prove kind of where he stands with the best players in the sport. Yeah. And. I think everybody on the team is really excited for this next game because, you know, three blowout wins is fun and we're able to, you know, control the entire game and do it, do with it what we want. But being in those conference games and knowing that that means so much when you're looking at like a Big Ten West championship or anything like that, 
it just means so much more. Um, so I know from now on, you know, the games are going to be tight. Um, it doesn't matter who you play week to week. You can see teams get beat when they shouldn't get beat. And yeah, it's, it's really going to be huge for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so I, on the other unfortunate, I think storyline from this game was, uh, Chris Ottenbell leaving with uh, injury kind of uh, in the in the middle of the game near the end, and uh, I, I guess I won't I won't ask you to talk about kind of the severity, and we'll let him or the program release that as they may. But uh, I guess when you kind of see one of the leaders on the team go down with an injury, and in the moment you guys obviously don't know how severe it is. Uh, how, how kind of was the reaction to that on the sideline during the game? Um, I mean, during the game, you'd never want to see any of your guys go down. Um, it's we have the depth to, you know, recover from it and stay in stride. But I mean, some players you just can't replace. There are certain characteristics about Chris that we love as a team and we rely on. And, you know, when somebody like that goes down, you start thinking of everything we're going to be missing. And while that is all true, we also have to open our eyes to what we're adding because we have a lot of young guys. We have a lot of depth and it's going to be really interesting to see what those new guys can add and how they're going to perform on a big stage like Michigan state. Um, a lot of them, you know, haven't gotten their chance yet, or if they have, it's been, late third quarter, we're up 30 points, something like that. So really when the so-called pressure is on, um, seeing those guys step up and create a reputation for themselves will be interesting. Yeah, at least from uh, my point of view, I feel like the wide receiver room as a whole definitely has the talent behind Chris and uh, in the group to kind of replace his production but I feel like the biggest thing that is being lost with him uh being injured might be uh leadership because uh he's obviously yeah. been with the program for so long and hopefully he'd still be able to add that if he's not able to suit up but uh I, uh, losing a player like that has to just be because he has to just be an integral part in the locker room and in the team and just losing a personality like that has to be tough I would imagine yeah yeah uh, that's that's definitely true. We're going to, you know, miss his leadership on the field or, you know, off the field, whatever it may be. But I mean, he's still there. He's still with the team. Um, he's not going anywhere. Um, whether he plays or whether he doesn't, he's still going to lead how he usually leads. He just has to, you know, adapt a little bit differently if he's going to help coach the younger wide receivers on the sideline or whatnot. But, um, I know he's a very positive guy and I'm sure he has a great outlook on whatever his injury may be, whether he can play or whether, you know, he's out for the season. We don't know, but um, I mean, he's still a great person and that's, you know, the most important thing. And I know if he can't play that he's going to help our teammates out as much as he can from the sideline. And, you know, maybe, that'll help him down the line. Maybe that's the journey he's called to now. We don't really know the story because it's still being written, but yeah. Yeah. It, injuries are, are really 
I think the worst part about football, but unfortunately they seem to happen almost every single year. But um, I feel like the last kind of big storyline from the offense again against Colorado was uh, Tanner Morgan's performance behind center. Um, it, it's, it's always interesting from my point of view because during the game, I'm obviously on Twitter reading all the replies and what everyone's saying. And the, the game started and uh, – there, the Gophers were dominant offensively, a lot of running the football. And Tanner, I think, kind of started slow, at least in the uh, in the box score. And a, a lot of fans, it's it's interesting to see how quickly uh, they turn on uh, Tanner, which is always, I guess, funny to see. But uh, he kind of uh, shut up the doubters in the second half. He kind of finished really strong after kind of starting slow. But uh, – it was another good performance for him. And I, I think he's really shown that um, he's more than capable of being a upper tier starting quarterback in the big 10. And I think uh, the, today or last week's game against Colorado is just another, uh, another point to that resume. Oh, 100%. And I think he knows that he's definitely put in the time, the work, and he's earned that respect up to now and he's going to continue to keep earning that week in and week out um, from a fan's perspective, you know, they love you when you succeed, they hate you when you don't. Um, it's, it's always something that uh, you have to learn as an athlete at any school, but especially a big 10 school. And um, he's done that. He knows exactly how to handle it. Like we had him on the interview the other week Um but, I mean, he's he's a pro. He knows, like, even with the interception, uh, could that have been avoided? Yes, he could have made a better throw. But at the same time, Brevin is a great player and can make that catch. Like, it's, it's just part of the game, you know. And that's why we love it so much. Um, but he knows what he's doing, and I think – at the end of the year, everything's said and done. When his career here is over, everybody is going to be more than grateful and more than appreciative for him. Yeah, especially from from my point of view as a lifelong Gophers fan, uh, it's it's interesting how quickly, I guess really just fans of sports in general, uh, especially the Gophers, how quick their expectations change, how uh, five years ago, uh, before Coach Fleck got here, a six and six season was almost a success, and uh, I think any Gophers fans would have been more than happy with Tanner's quarterback play now at that time. And it's just interesting how quick uh, expectations change. But um, one of the uh, interesting touchdowns at the end of the game was uh, Clay Geary getting his first career touchdown. He's one of obviously the more veteran players on the team. Um, kind of along with Tanner, we talked to him about how um, he is so much older than a lot of guys on the team, and Clay Geary's even older than Tanner. So it was kind of funny seeing him score his touchdown that late uh, in his career. Uh, graduated high school in 2016. Like, I, I I was a sophomore in high school at that point, and now, uh, now I'm a junior in college. He's still playing. That's kind of just crazy to think. But uh, kind of, I guess uh, – what how what type of guy is I guess Clay in the locker room around uh, the rest of the team? 
Yeah, I mean, he's not somebody that's super vocal, will talk a lot, but, I mean, he'll do his job. He'll get his work done at the highest level. Um, he's, you know, blue-collar kind of guy. Works extremely hard and always has something going on, whether it's, uh, you know, work outside of football or work in football. You know, the kid is always working to become better and super reliable receiver. Um, I think that is a trait that sometimes can be extremely undervalued, you know, but it'll show up on those really close games when there's a third and short, fourth down kind of play. And, you know, he'll make the catch. But, yeah, I mean, I was roommates with him and Tanner last year and great chemistry between those guys. And they've obviously known each other for you know, going on six years now, but to finally see them link up for a touchdown, uh, I was super happy for him. Yeah, I, I would imagine he's and he's going to be one of those guys. I think that might be called upon to have a bigger role, uh, depending on how long uh, Crab's injury holds him out for. But uh, it was definitely great to see him kind of get on the scoreboard finally. But um, another uh, another impressive day in the special teams unit for. Um, for you guys, uh, obviously, like like you mentioned, you kind of want to end the goals to end every drive with a kick through the through the goalpost, and you had seven of those coming after touchdowns. And um, yeah, uh, how I guess happy were you with your uh, performance and uh, kind of the special teams as a whole? Yeah, um, to begin, you know, we got Dragon on the kickoffs, and he's been absolutely dominating it. Like, yeah. just not even fair really to other teams kickoff return units. Um, I mean, the other team will go out there and line up, but by the end of the game, their returner was just signaling to kill the play before the ball was even really up in the air. Dragon, you know, he's just booting the ball halfway out of the end zone every single time. Uh, so that's a huge weapon that, you know, fans may not see, but, if you really break down the game, um, it's huge. It's a huge part of our identity and how we play the game. And then to the punt team, uh, you know, Brady Weeks, absolute stud snapping the ball. And Crawford averaging one punt a game. That's fantastic. He couldn't first, ask for anything better. Yeah, it was his first uh, punt in the first half so far this season. Um which, you know, we can tell our offense to improve there. <laughs> no punts in the first half. We'll save those for the end of the game. But, um, no, they're doing fantastic. And then field goal unit, again, Brady and Crawford in there, um, just working a really smooth operation. And we're able to get a lot of our twos into the field goal unit these past couple of games and get them some playing experience that will pay off dividends in the future. Yeah, I, I would imagine that it, there's really not much, I guess, you and the special teams unit as a whole can ask, not much more you can ask for after a game like that. Um, but yeah, it just, it seems like everything's clicking. Um, it's almost like we're talking about the same stuff every week. There's not much, much different <laughs> weeks through three, but uh, 554.7 yards offensively per game, which is second, second best in college football. 
Um, I think coming into the Colorado game, you guys ranked first in both total offense and defense, uh, but now ranked fifth in total defense, 170.3 allowed per game. Um, and this one, a lot of those kind of came in at the end of the game. But um, I guess during a game like uh, Colorado, where you guys are having so much success early in the game, uh, how different is kind of the locker room and halftime speech uh, for, for a game like this compared to once you get into the Big Ten and you might be closer in the first half? Um, I mean, every time we go into the halftime, it's always going to be zero zero anybody's game at that point. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've seen teams make those miracle halftime adjustments and then in the second half, everything changes. So, you know, that's only halfway through the game. And if we're up 35 to nothing in the first half, then that means that the other team can definitely score 35 points in the second half. Um, so, you know, the game's never over. Um, definitely pat yourself on the back for a good first half, but then right after that, you're looking at the plays and what went wrong. How did they gain 10 yards here when it should have only been two or how can we take better care of the football and special teams wise, how can we cover better? Um, was there a miscommunication here or there? Um, it's all the little things that a lot of times the fans aren't able to see, but with the great coaching that we have and we get here, there's always going to be 10 new things to work on for every one good thing that you did. Right. Um, and we just have to keep our focus on the next one. Um, it's easier now for me to understand as a kicker, you know, having all these extra points is uh, fantastic. But if I ever get sleepy and it gets boring to me, you know, that's when a missed extra point happens and can't let that happen at all. And I'm grateful that I only had to kick extra points. You know, I always love a challenge of a field goal. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, but if those don't arise and I'm only kicking PATs, that means our offense is doing well. So I can't complain there. Um, but halftime is definitely – that's that's what will make or break a team like ours this year. Um, and so far we've dominated halftime and we've come out in the second half just as strong as we were in the first. And if we can continue that into the league play, I think we will definitely have a very good shot at not only getting our opponents down in the first half, but keeping our foot on the gas and hammering them into the ground in the second. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I feel kind of in all levels of football, um, the good teams are the teams that make adjustments at halftime. Even if, even if you are – uh, winning by a lot or uh, losing because no matter who you're playing, even if it's New Mexico State or Ohio State, I feel like those teams are going to make adjustments at, at halftime and you kind of have to counter that yourselves as a team. And that that's kind of, I think, what separates the good teams from the great teams. And uh, if, if the Gophers are able to keep doing that this year, I feel like that's going to make a huge difference once – you get into these closer games in Big Ten play. 100%. And you can kind of look at it as a choice because 
I think at halftime, uh, a lot of the fans knew that we were going to go on to win, but nothing is promised. Like I said earlier, the other team can come back, score 35 points, and then we can be in a nice tight game going into the fourth quarter. Um, So nothing is promised, and every single player on our team has to make that choice to continue straining until the game's over. And a lot of times that's not easy to do. Um, On the sideline, you know, the energy could drop. People become less focused. Mistakes happen. And all of a sudden, it's another close game. Um, But, I mean, even our twos have gone in there with the mindset of it's zero to zero. We have to execute on this drive. And that's the focus that we're going to need out of everyone going into a Michigan State and all the other great Big Ten teams that we still have yet to play. Yeah, kind of, I guess, uh, now transitioning into that, it was kind of a crazy week outside of the uh, Gophers and the rest of the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan State especially, they dropped uh, their first loss of the season to Washington um, in Washington, 39-28. Um, I, and there are a lot of other interesting results. Penn State uh, kind of dominated Auburn on the road. Uh, Iowa scored their most points of the year. Um, against uh, Nevada, that was a weird game. Uh, Nebraska got destroyed against Oklahoma. Uh, Ohio State had a big win. Michigan had a big win. Uh, Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois at home, which was crazy game. And then uh, Purdue was in a crazy game with Syracuse, lost. Indiana was in a crazy game with Western Kentucky, won. Rutgers barely beat Temple. And then uh, Wisconsin, Maryland also won. So I guess uh, you guys as a team – Kind of how uh, how often do you look at other scores around the conference? Uh, kind of just, I guess, like hanging out and uh, almost just as a team as a whole, how uh, how much do you guys, I guess, look at that? I mean, I think we're kind of just like every other fan at that point. Um, you know, we love football so much and we're always watching other games and seeing how all the other teams are doing. Um, but the difference between – how we look at it and how a fan looks at it is, you know, that's one week. And just because they lost to this person doesn't mean that they're going to lose to the next person. Um, You know, every week is its own entity. And like last year, you know, we had a very disappointing loss, but I don't think that was an accurate reflection of who, who that team was. And that's exactly how it is every single year. But from a fan's perspective, you know, you have those jokes where Marshall beat Notre Dame, so Marshall's better than Notre Dame. And then Bowling Green beat Marshall, so by the transitive property, Bowling Green is better than Notre Dame. Like, you know, it's always fun to look at that and joke around about that. But being serious as a football team, you have to know that anybody can beat you on their best day. And you have to know that you can beat anyone when you're playing at your best. Um, And that's why I think it's been so impressive so far that we've had these three blowout wins because as much as we should have these blowout wins, it still is difficult to do. It's not a walk in the park. I mean, Colorado is a power five school with 85 guys on full scholarship that were recruited nationwide. Like yeah. it's, it's not, 
it's not like you're playing against some chumps. Like these, these are still fantastic players. Um, but us being able to assert our dominance over them, I think is just a testament to what kind of team we have this year and how we're going to be going out about our business. Uh, so we just need to continue that through league play because Michigan state coming off of a loss is going to be even more motivated than they already are to right that wrong and we're the next one on the schedule. So they're definitely going to be giving it their all this week. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of the only way you have to look at it. And uh, kind of at this point of the year, it is interesting um, online. There's a lot of, I guess, almost hype for uh, Minnesota to win the big 10 West. And that uh, they're obviously the only undefeated team in that division of the conference. And uh, there's a lot of, I guess, even arguments for the Gophers to be ranked. A lot of people saying, why Why is it this? Why is it that? Um, I, I know you've uh, mentioned before kind of how uh, the culture uh, Coach Fleck has built at the program kind of helps you guys block out that noise and not think about that at all. Um, but stuff like that, that um, you, can, you guys kind of, I guess, haven't gotten that national respect after three weeks kind of based on the opponents that you've played kind of how do you handle that and not that let that seep into your team at all it i can't say it doesn't seep into our team because i know a lot of the freshmen that you know don't really fully understand the culture yet or asking those kind of questions why aren't we ranked why is this why are they you know but as a more veteran player, I enjoy that. Yeah. You know, I enjoy people not really knowing what we're up to or not seeing how yeah. we're playing. Like, good. They don't need to. Once we hit that national stage, we'll be the exact same team that we were in the shadows. And I mean, that's very exciting to us because we're always out to better those teams. Um, if Michigan state is still in the top 25, I don't know if they are or not, but if they are great, we get to bump them out of the top 25. Yeah. Um, but I know the veteran players are not really the guys that look at that. That's more of the freshmen that really don't understand how that doesn't mean much at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year. Yeah. We want to be ranked. We want to be top 10 team, but right now, it's all a baseline for setting up future games. So we just have to take one at a time and we don't dictate who's on our schedule and when we just have to go out there every week and play. And this year happened to be three teams that we kind of just blew out and that's how it goes. Um, there's other teams that start the season with, you know, an Ohio state Notre Dame type game, two teams, fairly evenly matched up both top 10, but that's not what we had this year, but we can't change that. And I'm fine with not being a top 25 team. I don't know if the fans are fine with it right now, but I think they just need to relax if they want that right now and know that it will be coming soon. Yeah. I, I always talk kind of about the same thing with my, with my roommate. It's almost sometimes better to be kind of working in the dark and nobody's, nobody's watching you. And then you kind of, 
because at this point, rankings kind of are meaningless because uh, it really doesn't dictate anything other than kind of how the uh, TV networks broadcast the games almost. But yep. uh, you want to be peaking at the right time of the season and kind of at the once you get into those uh, November uh, games, that's kind of when it matters. And that's when you want people to be talking about you. And uh, I, I think based on what you said, that's kind of, I guess, the mindset that you would hope a team would have it's not focusing on that at all and almost yeah. using it as motivation at this point of the season to uh, gain that respect nationally. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say it's a lack of respect that the guys feel. Um, it's just more our schedules, our schedule and yeah. we handled it how we needed to handle it. Um, that's what kind of everybody expected from us. If we won by 70 points every game, I still don't think we would be a top 25 team based on the matchups. And, you know, that's that's fine. <laughs> if if we don't get in the top 25 in the first three weeks, I'm, I don't think anyone's going to be hurt by that if we're top 10 at the end of the season. So Yeah, that's, that's really the only time it matters. Um, but now kind of, I guess, looking ahead to – uh, this week in Michigan State, first road game of the season. Um, I guess kind of what does uh, the travel schedule for a road game like this look for you guys, for someone that might not know, uh, kind of how different is this game week going to be compared to the first three when you have a home game? Um, I think the only really thing that changes would be, you know, the travel day on Friday. And – pretty much the same practice wise you know we always practice in the mornings but when it comes to traveling we'll probably just bump up our meetings and everything by two three hours just to account for um, you know the bus ride and the flight um, and whatnot but other than that pretty positive it's the exact same schedule and we just need to you know go to Michigan now and repeat exactly what we've been doing the past three weeks. Yeah. Uh, for road games, um, I guess, do you guys typically travel at night or in the morning? Um, typically we'll have a morning practice and then in the afternoon we'll be on the road traveling. Yeah. I, I, I would imagine, uh, obviously it's a lot different from high school football when you're uh, not hopping on a plane to go to East Lansing, but uh, you have obviously never played at Michigan State before. Um, obviously, one of the bigger uh, and more intimidating atmospheres in college football. Um, but two thirty p.m. kickoff, not a night game. Um, you, you're uh, the team's obviously used to playing in front of the home Gophers crowd, kind of how does your mindset change as a kicker and really as a team um, as you now head into your first road game of the season after three home games to start the year? Um, I definitely think, you know, being in a different atmosphere will change a few things for players. You know, it's a different kind of – it's the same pregame routine, but you can't rely on your locker being in the same spot and having – as much space as we have in our locker rooms um, and the tunnel down to the field and whatnot. But other than that, um, 
still 120 yards on the field, end zone to end zone. And luckily the goalpost size doesn't change or anything for me. Um, I think the hashes are still the same. We're just playing on grass now. So once it comes down to the game, you know, football is football and it's not like baseball where the stadium changes and all that, but it will be new in terms of, you know, a different environment, different atmosphere. There's going to be a lot more green and white in the crowd than there will be maroon and gold. But I mean, that's why we always try to focus on ourselves and relying on our teammates instead of looking up in the stands for motivation because these road games are really about the team. You know, you can't travel all the fans in Minnesota out to East Lansing, even if we wanted to, you know, so um, this road game will be a good test to see how much our team really relies on each other. And I think up to this point, we've done a great job of that, but you know, road games are a little bit different. They just are, you can't get around that, but it'll be a, it'll be a good test for us. Yeah, I I would imagine. And uh, yeah, that game is on, I think big 10 network uh, should be bumped up to ESPN. It's a, I'd say it's one of the bigger games this week in the Big Ten. But, uh, yeah, I think that about just wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, as always, row the boat, Scotty Mon, go Gophers. Go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.